So we're beginning a series today looking at Psalm 23, which contains some of the most famous words in all of literature. Over the years, people of deep faith and those who have no faith have found themselves turning to these very words in times of stress and difficulty. One influential thinker in the 19th century commenting on this psalm said these words, Psalm 23 has charmed more griefs to rest than all the philosophy of the world. It has remanded to their dungeon more criminal thoughts, more black doubts, more thieving sorrows than there are sands on the seashore. It has comforted the noble host of the poor. It has sung courage to the army of the disappointed. It has poured balm and consolation into the heart of the sick, of captives in dungeons, of widows in their pinching griefs, of orphans in their loneliness. Dying soldiers have died easier as it was read to them. Ghastly hospitals have been illuminated. It has visited the prisoner and broken his chains. I think the reason these words are so timeless is because they come to us from another place, ultimately from God himself. And the reason I think they've touched successive generations throughout human history is because God's eternally relevant words are so consistently applicable to our deepest human needs. This present crisis, of course, is deeply traumatic and very probably even a global game changer. But one of the potentially positive side effects of this whole coronavirus thing is that it, it, it's forcing all of us to stop what we normally do. I don't think we could really have imagined, could we, something happening that would halt global economies, ground flights, cancel major sporting events and curtail all kinds of normal leisure activities. But I've also seen a lot of people during this time doing what I would call decluttering. And maybe that's a good spiritual metaphor for us in these times. So often our lives are mad busy. Before we know it, even years have rushed by. But today, in this moment, in the midst of all this worry, we're presented with an opportunity to stop and pause and think about what really matters. One of the reasons that I want us to walk through the Psalm 23 uh, together over these next few weeks is because a few years ago, one of my friends helped me to view the words in this Psalm as a sort of detox against all the noisy distractions of life, this psalm has a kind of clarifying and refreshing simplicity about it. And my prayer is that God will use this short psalm to help us declutter our own hearts and find truths that will refresh us spiritually at a time when we need it the most. This psalm, of course, begins with the famous line, the Lord is my shepherd, 
And much later in the Bible, you'll know that Jesus claims to be the ultimate good shepherd. And on one occasion, Jesus said to the listening crowd, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's the kind of thing that I want this psalm to do for us. I hope that it will help us to know something of that kind of spiritual reinvigoration. In this first talk on Psalm 23, I want to think with you for a few moments about the idea of belonging. A few years ago now, as a family, we went to the cinema to watch the film Toy Story 3. They were the days when we could go out as we pleased and watch things at the cinema. I remember uh, watching this film and being very struck because at the end of the film, the whole cinema erupted in this spontaneous and emotional applause. I feel like I've seen a lot of good films over the years at the pictures, but you don't often get such a public and communal response in the way of release that there was at the end of Toy Story 3. It seems strange looking back that we'd all got so invested for an hour or so in caring about a bunch of plastic toys. But I think the thing that resonated for everyone watching was the way the film explored the deep desire within all of us to belong. Maybe if you haven't seen it yet, put it on your watch list to watch during this lockdown period. No big spoilers, uh, I hope. But if you don't know the story, the toys end up being boxed up and separated from their human owner, Andy. And they find themselves in a children's nursery called Sunnyside. They're very fearful and they wonder whether Andy has simply thrown them all away because he doesn't love them anymore. As they're debating their plight, the main character in Toy Story, Woody, says, look under your boot, Buzz, whose name is written there? The fact that the toys are all stamped with Andy's name is what Woody clings to and for, for reassurance and tries to persuade his co-toys that they're safe, they belong. But at this nursery, the toys meet another more cynical character called Lotso, who tries in his wonderful Southern Deep South American accent to tell them that belonging to anyone actually is overrated. We don't need owners here at Sunnyside. We own ourselves. We are masters of our own fate. We control our own destiny. Let's hold that thought and consider that Psalm 23 here begins with David making this confident statement, the Lord is my shepherd. In other words, David is saying, I belong to him. You can sense here David's assurance, almost his pride, that his life is defined by the fact that he has a loving owner. And he concludes quite beautifully, I think, that if he truly belongs to this great shepherd, ultimately he lacks for nothing. 
You'll know that the metaphor of sheep and shepherds is a common one in the Bible. It's a picture of careful, loving ownership and protection because a sheep is an object of property, not a wild animal. This, this whole metaphor is a picture of belonging and it raises an important question for us. Who do you belong to? Notice David's confidence here as he says, the Lord is my shepherd. There's no sense here of I hope he is. And it's present tense. He knows this now, today, in this present moment, rather than having a sense of hope that it might be true one day in the future. It's also intensely personal, isn't it? He is my shepherd for David, the Lord is not just a vague general shepherd of a great mass of faceless people, but he's actually mine. And what an incredible reality. The Lord is my shepherd. The eternal, infinite, living God, the great creator is my shepherd that means that he cares for me individually and personally it's he who watches over me he's the one who preserves me the lord is my shepherd Much later in the Gospels, Matthew says something very striking about the Lord Jesus. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. When Jesus saw people, it stirred within him this great love for them. In a spiritual sense, Jesus saw humanity in a, in a way as scrawny sheep rather than healthy ones. He saw people as being impoverished and undernourished and desperately needy. To Jesus, people looked like sheep who had no shepherd and his heart went out to them. They didn't belong to anyone who cared for them and they were starved for love. I think Jesus takes this metaphor of belonging much further though because he tells us that he is the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. You can read about this in John's Gospel in chapter 10. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd and he claims to be the one who loves his sheep so much that he dies in order to protect them. Sometimes I've wondered if the metaphor of being like sheep is not that complimentary to us. Because the truth is that sheep can be a bit stupid. They wander off and get stuck. And if one sheep does it, you can guarantee that the rest will follow. Sheep can be so dumb. But think about this, in all of God's creation, human beings are the only part 
that don't actually want to belong to God? Why, why is it that we would prefer to trust our own limited wisdom rather than his? Why do we tell ourselves that trusting God is something that's really childish that we ought to grow out of and that it's more mature and grown up to leave all of that stuff behind us? Why, why is it that we would prefer to be like the character Lotso in Toy Story 3 and pretend that we are the masters of our own destiny rather than belong to the Good Shepherd who loves us so very deeply? Let me show you another verse here, though, that speaks of God's gracious intentions, even towards rebellious sheep like us. In the Old Testament, there's a verse that says this, we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his or her own way, and the Lord has laid on him that is Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Jesus bore our sins as he died on the cross so that we would not have to face their consequences and could belong to him again. Here's an interesting thing about Psalm 23. In the Old Testament, there are, there are 150 Psalms in the, in, in the Bible there. And no one really knows who arranged the order of them. But the Psalm before Psalm 23 in our Bibles is obviously Psalm 22. And it turns out that this Psalm is an incredible prophetic account of the cross of Jesus. Yet written centuries before crucifixion, was even invented as a method of execution. And then the psalm that comes after Psalm 23 is obviously Psalm 24. And that psalm is all about a great king returning, in a sense, to his castle after a victorious battle to receive his crown and be celebrated by his people. So in order, Psalm 22 describes the cross. Psalm 23 here describes the good shepherd who cares. And Psalm 24 describes this conquering king being exalted. All of these three Psalms here point to Jesus, firstly, as our saviour. Secondly, as our shepherd. And finally, as our glorious king. Jesus is the one who lays down his life for his people, who cares deeply as his people's shepherd. And Jesus is the one who will lead his people to glory as their king. So Psalm 23 here, and even the order in which it's found, tells us something of what our response to Jesus ought to be. Jesus can't really be our shepherd until we see that he has to be our saviour. And when we confess him as our saviour, he will be our shepherd and we'll therefore follow him 
as our king. I think it's really interesting that in the Toy Story films, the two worlds of humans and toys never meet. They're, they're kind of parallel worlds that never cross or mix. I, I find it a bit sad in a way that the toys so desperately want to belong. But whatever they do in these films, Andy never really knows them or recognises them or understands them. The Christian gospel is good news because it tells us that the opposite is so wonderfully true. Our loving owner comes searching for us who are lost in order to make us his very own. Jesus came from another world and entered our broken world and he became one of us so that we could belong to him. There comes a point in the film where Lotso claims that in the end we're all just trash waiting to be thrown away. Lotso's answer in the film is to try and take what little control he can. But I think the profound emotional release at the end of the film was really due to the fact that deep down we know that this isn't true. We don't want to be classed as junk or thrown away. We yearn to belong. And this deep yearning to be loved and cared for is ultimately fulfilled for us in Jesus. So as we do some detox in this period with this psalm here, the question is, who do you belong to? Can you say with David today, the Lord is my shepherd. Christ died so that you could belong to him. I pray that you would hear the beginning of this Psalm 23 as the thrilling invitation that it really is and put your trust in Jesus right now.